Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Hopefully you were safe, and hopefully you were happy. Today, I'm talking about Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers is a 1995 American slasher film directed by Joe, Joe Chappelle and written by Daniel Ferens. The film stars Donald Pleasance in his final film appearance as Dr. Loomis. Paul Rudd is in this movie and Maureen Hagen. It is the sixth installment in the Halloween film series and concludes the Thorn trilogy story arc established in Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. Set six years after the events of Halloween 5, the plot follows Michael Myers as he stalks the Strode family, cousins of Laurie Strode, in order to kill his last surviving relatives, while Dr. Sam Loomis pursues him once more. The film also reveals the source of Michael's immortality and his drive to kill. Um, shot in Salt Lake City in the fall of 1995, it underwent a series of reshoots after it performed poorly with test audiences. The film was distributed by Dimension Films, who would go on to distribute the rest of the series until 2018's Halloween reboot. It was released on September 29, 1995, grossed $15.1 at the domestic box office on a budget of $5 million and was heavily panned by critics upon release. Donald Pleasance died on February 2, 1995, nearly eight months before the film was released. The film was dedicated to his memory. After the film's home media release, the original work print of the film, which featured 45 minutes of alternate footage and a different ending, was discovered by fans of the series. This version dubbed the producer's cut developed a full cult following with bootleg DVD copies sold on eBay and online petitions targeting for an official release of it. In 2014, the producer's cut was officially released on Blu-ray. It was followed by Halloween H2O, 20 years later, in 1998, which retconned the entire Thorn trilogy storyline of the previous three films and is instead a direct sequel to Halloween 2. So, what that means is that not only is this the conclusion of the Thorn trilogy, it's also the conclusion of the Michael versus Loomis story arc because the Donald Presence would die after the end or after the film before the film is released. Um very sad. You know, they've never found another although Malcolm McDowell and the two remake Rob Zombie remakes did a good job, there will never be another Donald Pleasance type actor out there that can make Loomis that great as Donald Pleasance could. Um the movie is really, 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 really weird in the fact that we now realize that uh, Colt has is the reason for Michael's immortality and his drive to kill based around the mythology of the Thorn um, in Celtic or Nordic lore. Um, and another thing is there is two versions of this movie. There's the producer's cut and... Also, the original um, cut, which the original cut has a little bit of difference where the producer's cut. I like the producer's cut a lot more 
then I'd say the original cut, because with the producer's cut, it's what really they wanted to happen. Um, and, you know, Loomis had Don Pleasant still lived in the end of the producer's cut. You see that Dr. Wynn has, which Dr. Wynn does come back in this movie. Um, he is found out to be the leader of the cult and Michael's protector. He is also the man in black from the first from the fifth movie I think he makes his first appearance in I'm not quite sure on that one again um and it really one made you wonder if they made a Halloween 7 other than Halloween H2O would Loomis then become Michael's protector and all that who knows but what happens in this movie is that Michael finally tracks down Jamie Lloyd, who ends up having a baby, which in the producer's cut, it's kind of weird because supposedly Jamie Lloyd's baby is supposed to be Michael's baby. So supposedly Michael and Jamie had sex, but it it, it doesn't go in great deal with detail with that. Um, anyway, Michael tracks her down. They have a big chase. He tracks her down and runs her off the road at a farm and later kills her. Well, in the producer's cut, she's mortally wounded. And Michael goes into the truck, grabs the what he thinks is a ba the baby, but finds out that it's just um, paper towel. Um, the next day... Halloween in this movie is pretty much the town of Haddonfield has pretty much abolished Halloween saying we're not going to celebrate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids don't like that. They want Halloween back. They want to be able to be scared and they don't believe in the whole theory of the boogeyman or Michael. My they agree that Michael Myers happened, but they don't think they should be afraid of what had happened before. Because this is set six years after Halloween 5. So supposedly Michael is supposed to be dead. Because they he vanished at the end of 5 with the Cult of Thorn and all that. So it, it Halloween 6 is kind of con convoluted with where it was going. Um, that's why I say the producer's cut, in my opinion, is the best cut of the film. Because... It ultimately shows you what happened at the end of Halloween 5. Um, also in the producer's cut, Jamie Lloyd is shot in the head by Dr. Wynn. Um, Daniel Harris originally was supposed to come back for this movie, but, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but rumors were that, you know, she got into a dis she wanted to be in the movie, but Harvey Weinstein didn't want him her in there. And there was rumors about that supposedly he said, Well, if you want to be in this movie, you can, you know, do something for me and I'll have you in this movie. And and like I say, I'm not saying it's truth, but there has been rumors since all the Harvey Weinstein allegations came out and he was found guilty of them supposedly that was what was he had told her and she said no and then they cast some unknown actress as jamie in this movie um also daniel harris didn't like that jamie was gonna die such a 
it, it's really such a crappy death that Jamie dies. And I've never been a real big fan of Jamie Lloyd in the series, but she played a big part in four through five, where six, it was just a throwaway for the Jamie Lloyd character. Um, it would have been nice to see Daniel Harris in this movie. I, I've, my friends would be shocked even hearing me say that, but you know, I never really liked how her views of the Halloween franchise are now. Um, a lot better than Tony Moran's for that opinion, for what that's worth. But I think what she needs to realize is that, you know, you had your time in the sun with Halloween, the series. You know, she did come back for the two Rob Zombie remakes playing a different character. But, you know, a lot of actors didn't come back. I mean... Paul Rudd originally was supposed to be in Halloween Kills, but wasn't able to be, so then they had to recast him. You don't hear him bitching about, you know, oh, Halloween doesn't love me, I'm such a, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's Daniel Harris's opinion. You know, who knows, they might bring her back, but if they do bring her back, everyone's going to be like, oh, they're bringing Jamie back, you know? And I think that's why they haven't brought her back yet in the series because they want to do something different each time with Michael and who he's going after. Um, sorry for being off topic. My little rant of the day. Um, this movie, to me, was the last. I would say for its time was the last great one. Halloween H2O, you know, brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and it was uh, supposed to be a spiritual successor to Halloween 2, blah, blah, blah. This movie, I think, was your... And let me go back. After Donald Pleasance died, I truly do believe that they thought, well, you know, Donald Pleasance is dead. You know, we can't really have Loomis anymore. So after this movie, which Loomis, or Don Pleasance died after the making of this movie, but before it was released. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. I think what they thought with Halloween H2O was that, hey, let's do something completely different. You know, and that's what we got. And that will be another episode for a different day. But Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers has one of the greatest kill scenes in this movie. And that is, in the original cut, when Michael goes in where all the cultists, or where most of them are and all that, and he kills every single one of them. And I mean, just the way they made the scene work, and the lighting and all that, just it, it ranks as one of my favorites. Uh, probably not the top, but it's damn near up there. Um, the one thing I would say about this movie is that, you know, I was happy that they ended the cult thing, the whole Thorn trilogy story arc. I'm glad they ended that with this movie. But what I really, truly hated was that, you know, this was Donald Pleasant's last film. And Donald Pleasance didn't even like the way it was done. He liked the producer's cut more than he liked what would later come out. I mean, granted, he never saw the finished 
film being released, but, you know, he was still a part of what was going on with it. And, you know, that is very sad. It is. Um, to have an actor of his caliber say, hey, you know, uh, could we do something a little bit different? You know, what happened to the original cut? It was so much better than this. And just to be said, well, this is what we're doing. How in the hell can you say that to a veteran actor like Donald Pleasance? That would be like telling Steve McQueen in Bullet, if Bullet would have been Steve McQueen's final film, which we all know it wasn't, that'd be like telling Steve McQueen, hey, you know, we're going to take out the big chase scene in the movie. It's It would be asinine. Um, also, once we find out who the man in black is, uh, Loomis and Tommy Doyle, who is played by Paul Rudd, um, find out that Jamie had a baby. Uh, Tommy later calls him Stephen. And then um, we meet the Strodes, John Strode, an abusive alcoholic father to Kara. And to um, um, sorry, sorry, guys, I'm looking, um. God, what is his name? Well, she has a brother. Kara has a teenage brother by the name of... And I'm sorry for this. Just hold on with me, guys. Um, Tim. Tim is his name. Um, And Kara's mother is named Deborah Strode. Um, and her family life is kind of screwy. Um, like I said, her father is abusive. Um, and it, it's really sad, you know, with all that, um, you do get that. Re and then also Kara has a son named Danny, um, and just the nicest little boy in the world. Um, you, you can't say enough about him. He's just. Just such a good little kid, and to see his mother get slapped by her by his grandfather John Strode, um, Danny does raise the knife and almost a, you know, like he's gonna do something with it, but he doesn't. Thank God. Um, we find out that Danny hears voices from the Man in Black and all that, and it's it, it's a good story what they did with it i wish they would have done a little bit more um back on the daniel harris thing she is in this film only in the producer's cut only and then also an archive footage but that's about it it's her role is just diminished um as she's the young jamie lloyd and so um and also tim has a girlfriend by the name of beth who is a rallier for the cause of um to getting halloween unbanned 
from, you know, unbanned from uh, Haddonfield and all that. And, you know, uh, Michael ends up coming, trying to find this boy by the name of Stephen uh, Lloyd, who is Jamie Lloyd's little boy. Um, and, you know, it's... It's um, it's an interesting story, like I said, and also, you know, uh, once they get to near the ending, it there's different versions. Um, Tommy and the original ending is that. is that Tommy rescues Kara, frees Kara, and Michael pursues them through the Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Um, they find Wynn and his team um, who are about to perform a procedure on Danny and, and baby Stephen. Um, Michael suddenly appears and turns against Wynn and the doctors, killing them all. Um, Tommy and Kara rescue the kids, and Michael chases them through a laboratory um, Kara notices fetuses from Wynn's failed experiments. Tommy injects Michael with corrosive and beats him unconscious with a lead pipe. They, Tommy, Kara, and the children leave Smith's Groves while Loomis stays behind to take care of business. Inside, Michael's mask lies alone on the lab floor, and Loomis screams in the background, leaving their face from him. That is the original ending that we, the theatrical cut that we got ending. The producer's cut ending shows Tommy putting like rocks together and cutting his hand and then Michael grabs him while then he's stopped by supposed runes or whatever and he lets Tommy go and he just Michael just stands there, you know, frozen and then when find uh, Loomis sends up saving them when finds who in this one, doesn't die, but is finds Michael and says, Michael, what have they done to you? Loomis comes back, seeing Michael on the ground. And when he takes off the mask, there's Wynn. Wynn grabs Loomis and transfers the power, as he says, to Loomis. And Loomis sees on his wrist the sign or whatever the, the, of the thorn. And... Then Loomis starts screaming, and you see um, Michael in Wynn's costume and all that walking away. Or he turns around, then walks away. Um, and that's the end of the producer's cut of the movie. Um, my ranking for this movie, I would say it's probably about. And uh, six out of ten, like I say, it it was conv convoluted in the way that it was written and all that. Um, Daniel Harris should have come back. Um, from what I've read now, is that it was over. She wanted more money, but they said no. Um, and like I said before about the whole Weinstein thing, it's just allegations. You know, um, I don't remember who brought that up. 
but they did say that it might have possibly happened and that Daniel Harris was so appalled by it that she said, I don't want to be in your freaking movie. She originally wanted to be in it, but if the rumors are true that Weinstein tried to make advances on Daniel Harris, then I would agree that, you know, it's a good thing she wasn't in it because she, for all the th bad things I used to say about Daniel Harris and that, you know, she should just leave it be, don't talk shit about the franchise that made you who you are today, gave you what you needed in life, made you famous to do whatever you want to do. You know, she, she's a great actress. I have to admit that. And, you know, um, it's a sad way for Loom or uh, Don Pleasant's career to end the way that the theatrical cut ends and all that. That was sad the way they ended that. Uh, the produced cut is way much better of way of saying, well, if he didn't pass away in February, uh, pass away eight months before the film is released, Halloween 7 could have been a different movie. Um, Michael is more badass as ever. So that's another great thing. But my least favorite thing about this is that the thorn, the whole cult, the thorn crap. I'm glad it ended. It should have ended in Halloween five, but they had to wait one more movie for the trilogy of it. And it's the end of it. Um, like I say, next time we'll talk about Halloween H2O, bring back Jamie Lee Curtis and the whole fight on that. Um, we'll also talk about how Halloween H2O brought in Halloween Resurrection, which would later almost kill off the franchise as a whole. People like the movie. I don't give a shit what they care about of Halloween Resurrection. It's a shitty film, and I will review it, but I, I can't be unbiased with that film. Um, so... Hopefully you guys like this review. I'm sorry if I went so fast with it. Like I say, they only allow me 30 minutes max for my episodes on Anchor. Um, but hopefully you guys liked it. Friday I will be doing Halloween 2 H2O or possibly something different. I'll let you guys know. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a great Monday. Hopefully you have a great week. And remember, guys, stay safe. Remember. We're all in this together. And last but not least, thank you for all the support. This is Stephen Jarvis signing off.